Hello and welcome to this week's The Two Pinter with me, Jono. And me, Gaz. And this week we've got another regular. Uh, welcome, Housey, who you may have heard on uh, Sport and Tap Fame, but first appearance on the main pod. Hello. Hi, Housey. How's Daniel? Gareth. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're uh, on Facebook and Twitter for you social media people at Hats of Pinter too. Um, and yeah, not as a sporting weekend, we're no longer, no longer got much football, but we can uh, touch on the Nations League. Um, we've got House Union, who's our resident tennis expert and coach, so we thought we'd talk about the French Open and get an early preview of Wimbledon in. Big pressure there, uh, big pressure. Tennis expert. Uh, yeah. Expert's a bit strong, that's good. <laughs> we'll have a little talk of the, uh, the last of the big three in the heavyweight division, or the, or the big two in AJ now. Uh, Tyson Fury's up this weekend. Um, Touch on our Warren Gatlin back to first in the Lions, and we get time. I might even talk about Charlton Ferocious chat as a as house here as a Charlton fan. And, you know, ecstatic to see them go go, go up against Sunderland. <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll start with the Nations League. Uh, England, glorious penalty shootout win for a, a big third place playoff. For improvement of one on the uh, World Cup last summer. Uh, and Portugal, they won at home uh, to all the Portuguese fans going wild. We'll uh, put it to you first, Gareth. Would you call the Nations League a success? I, yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I think it would only been um, it's, it's sort of glorified friendlies, I suppose, isn't it? Really, but um, but you know, it gives a bit of more of an incentive. And look at all the thousands of fans that went over there. Uh, I think they would say it was a success, regardless uh, whether the locals would have said it was a success or not. But um, but yeah, certainly the, uh, the English boys and the Dutch and the and the Portuguese certainly had a good good time. Yeah, um, I suppose for. For someone who didn't get to the semi-final, this wasn't meant as a shot, Gareth, but it will be anyway. Um, <laughs> how how was it for, for a nation like Wales who didn't get to the semi say it just sort of went around in the, the sort of league structure they've created? Well, you've had a good week as well, haven't you, Gareth? I mean, I'm happy if we focus back on the uh, the Nations League, if you like, and we'll we'll forget all about the uh, European Championships. Um, well, well, we can talk we can talk about Gareth Bale's throwing, can't we? Gareth Bale's that, that, that that three 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 hundred and thirty three foot throwing. <laughs> there might have been a foul throw because he had his foot up, but um, yeah, that that was about the highlight of a Welsh uh, for a Welsh fan uh, over the last couple of days. Um, well, do you want to touch on Wales now, then come back to England? Hey, go on then, yeah. You're right. I, I, I'm always up for a bit of Wales bashing, guys. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> we, 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 we can definitely get stuck in there, my friend. Pretty points, three games. Go on then. Yeah, I mean, the, the two hardest games of the group was Hungary away and Croatia away. Uh, so we've now come through those, all right, or basically no points, but uh, at least we've come through them. Um, it wasn't great, to be honest. Uh, there was there was some positive to take out for, and it, and it was uh, quite a few of the youngsters played, and um, yes. There were some good good combinations, particularly up front, that looked good. Um, but then Gareth Bale looked poor. Uh, Ashley Williams reminded us why he's uh, he shouldn't even be anywhere near the, um, the national side, never mind Premier League and anything else. Um, yeah, it, it was it disappointing all around, really. Uh, Bale missed an absolute sitter against Hungary when it was nil-nil. Uh, and to be honest, after that, Hungary seemed to dominate us, and we were lucky to come away with just a, just a one-nil defeat. Um, and the Croatia game. Yeah, just some defensive. Oh well, both games really defensive errors. But the uh, the the first goal was was laughable uh, for the Croatia game, and then the uh, yeah Croatia looked in control. David Brooks came on. He, he's definitely a, a positive um, for us. He uh, he made a made a difference when he came on against Croatia, and then again uh, played well against uh, against Hungary. Um, but yeah, to be honest. Losing 2-1 on 1-0 was probably uh, about as best as we could hope for after the performances we put in. 
So, so would you prefer a Nations League all round then, Gareth, and get get rid of uh, European qualifiers? Well, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, it's, it's it's not disastrous in that we we at least we beat Slovakia in our first game, so uh, we're only uh, we're only well we're only six points off the top with uh, with a game in hand. Um, top two go through. It's it's not the easiest of groups, but we we should really be, be going through. Of, uh, well, top two really. I suppose Croatia would be favourites, but Hungary sitting pretty at the top of the minute. Um, yeah, and I, I suppose if we don't get through on the top two, then there's more chances for us. I think it's. I think if you if you got an A in your name and you you um, got a country of, uh, of more than a million, I think you get another chance in uh, in, a, in another playoff game. So. Yeah, so hopefully we'll we'll get through somehow by hook or by crook. But yeah, it's not been it's not been a great week for for Wales. Got, got to start scoring some goals. I saw the stat earlier today. And, um, since Giggs's tenure, I think ten of your goals out of thirteen came in two matches. So you've got to start putting them net, Then it's going to struggle. Yeah, and that, that's quite fair. I mean, we we Bale aside, and Bale's not been been playing that that regularly for Madrid anyway. So even he's not really match fit. But Bale aside, there's not really. David Brooks, who's the young lad coming through, and um, Dan James, who's just gone to United, but they're not, none of them are, are prolific goal, goal scorers. And the only other one's Sam Vokes, who, um, yeah, I don't know whether he made double figures with Burnley this this season, but yeah, we, we've not got. We're not, He's not on a regular, is he, for Burnley, I don't think. No, Burnley made double figures this year, didn't they? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're, we're not blessed with, uh, with particularly, well, with goal scorers, really. Even our midfield, we get you know Joe Allen, and I love him to bits, but he's uh, he's not known for his goals. Um, yeah, it's it's an area that we we perhaps need to concentrate more on. Or I don't, yeah, I don't know whether we can put. You're playing Bale as a focal point up uh, up the top, um, but maybe we need Bale bringing the ball um, from wide and, and allowing. Uh, I mean, Tom Lawrence played uh, played yesterday, and he he scored a few for Derby this this season, and Harry Wilson's also scored a few this season, um, and. I suppose it was a, if we had if we put all them in mid, they are technically midfielders or um, wide in a four-three-three. I suppose they, they've got some good goals in them, but yeah, we we haven't got someone who's gonna like a Harry Kane who's gonna put the ball in the back of the net for us. Well, I suppose speaking about lack of goals, that probably leads us nicely on to, to England Switzerland, doesn't it, Johnny? Oh, nicely done, Gary. Uh, how's even sorry. Uh, lovely segue and lovely stat before. Yeah, well, what did you make of Nathan Lee? How's it? Did you enjoy? I did, I did. I think it made a nice refreshing change from friendlies. I, I thought out of love with watching national team and friendlies and the Nations League got me watching watching it again. And I think also the competitive nature of the matches, the, the groupings really helped that. Mm. Um, I think overall for England's campaign, I don't want to compare it to Wales in terms of the goal scoring, but it's that it's that lack of dynamic edge in the final third, isn't it? You know, look fairly solid at the back when Kane's back fit, we still gonna get a goal, but the midfield was relatively uninspiring. Um, mm. I felt both like games really wanted it. Really wasn't great. Yeah, I felt I felt watching the Portugal Holland game that um, it, it really highlighted our lack of um, midfield dynamism because the if you look at the, the way the Dutch made the press look against us compared to how Portugal nullified that press by the Dutch, it was mm. you know it was pretty stark contrast. So you know um, that really. But highlights for me, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think it's fantastic. I think he's got to be in there on start now. Um, most crosses in a game since Beckham uh, against Greece. So, 
What, what was he trying um, to do? Yeah, just, just move the ball forward for a lovely uh, counter attack from you know from your own uh, you know maybe your box, but before, <laughs> it was a lot deeper than that, wasn't it? But he was trying to do something. Uh, but no, I enjoyed the nature of the league as well. I think the game left quite fun. It was fun to see us you know play beat Spain and Croatia, which was you know, going to see every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, kind of just having some sort of competitive element to it was, was good fun. So yeah, I think it was a success, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. The, the, yeah, the, the sort of heard someone else say it that the the timing of it was a bit weird. I'd agree with that in terms of yeah. the finals. Sad. Um, but then it's that's but, yeah, the, that's yeah. the same for all the internationals, isn't it? I mean, you know, why 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 is everyone playing two really competitive games now when uh, you've just had a whole long hard season? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, and then just straight after the Champions League final, which for the rare time was two English teams in it, so we had some players who, yeah, I mean, Colin obviously had Van Dijk who played all the time, played very well as he has done all season, but yeah, we had you know players who didn't play and were sort of there but not there. Um, it just seemed a bit odd, really, but. At the same time, did you want it playing in the middle of the summer or did you bring him back a bit early for that? I don't know what the perfect mm. time is for him, really. But it's not, is there? The no. calendar's getting longer. Um, you know, the commercial aspects of the games making in more and more games. You've got players that are going to go from these two, these two friendlies to a, a transatlantic or a trans-Pacific flight to go and play friendlies in every part of the world. Yeah, America, Asia, wherever you like. Um, could, could, could you not do them during the, uh, the Christmas break for everyone? Uh, we'd get on the Christmas break, aren't we? We'll get oh, we'll we talk about the Christmas break. <laughs> we'll talk about the Christmas break, aren't we? No, no TV fixtures on Boxing Day, and we're getting towards it. But yeah, that would work, something like that. Well, it's, uh, it's Amazon Prime, isn't it? It's got the rights to the Boxing Day fixtures this year. Amazon Prime is taking on, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it's so for the first time not on Spire beating on Boxing Day. But Jono, surely, surely watching um, that England performance has got to be your favourite moment of the year because almost it's a ringing endorsement not for playing out from the back and to, to go back with Lump It Long which goes back to your true football philosophy. <laughs> bring, 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 bring Andy Carroll and that's uh, Big Man Little Man 442. Uh, yeah, lots of things we could go for that. Yeah, I'm Southgate's clearly stuck to it. It worked pretty well last summer when we seemed to have a consistency on, on playing it out from there. And, um, you know, it's, it does get attacks going when you when you do manage to beat that initial press, but um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it was. It's, 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 I think it's a bit ridiculous to, to blame that style when Stones clearly has the last man, shouldn't be dicking about him like he was, and was just a bit overconfident. And he wants to do that when there's someone behind him, fine. But so, oh, um, yeah, no, yeah, we've, we've got if we've got some players who can play at the back, of them, we'll, we'll, we'll give them a bit of a chance. But, um, but yeah, just just put your foot through there, Stones. Or, yeah, I'll pass it back to you, Keith Bear, it was just, just stupid. Um, but yeah, well, um, it was good fun, and um, yeah, you can do it. 
definitely moving in the right direction. We'll see how well we go for our qualifying campaign. I think. I think um, the other. Um, just sorry, just because yeah, the, the other positive uh, thing was I think Pickford's. I mean, he's settled as the number one, clearly, isn't he? But I think he's the. He's ideal for a, for goalkeeper for England. In that you know, you look at the penalty uh, shootout and he's getting right into it, and the fans are loving him. And he must be uh, must be one of your, your kind of favourite players. He clearly loves playing for England, doesn't he? Well, he's the only player at the English side to make the um, team of the tournament yeah. of, the, of the Nations League, and he's um, he's got a bit of character to him, isn't he? You can see how people would uh, would warm to him. Mm. Um, they'll get your rave up, get the rave on. Yeah. You're gonna love that. Uh, so yeah, but I think his, his distribution as well is, is something where you don't need to see the centre backs mm. dick around so much to, to coin your phrase, Jono, um, because his distribution is so good that he can be really pinpoint from you know 30, 40 yards to, to pin that ball up which, uh, So I think we didn't use enough of over the two two legs, and we did use enough of one in the World Cup. Mm. Yeah, he, he definitely ranks himself highly, um, which yeah I think probably annoys some of the fans from time to time. But um, yeah, in an English shirt, unless he makes a catastrophic error, he probably goes quite well when you like to see a player with a bit of confidence and, and enjoying himself. So yeah, he, um, and, and, he, and, it, and it's that passion, isn't it? There. It's that passion that you know yeah. everyone used to rave about Beckham not because of his just of his quality, but he clearly loved playing for England. Uh, there's not many players in there that show that kind of passion and. Desire to want to play for England, is there? Oh, well, most countries that haven't, haven't really got that now. It's club, club tends to rule, doesn't it? It does, and um, yeah, I mean, we've come a long way, and it definitely doesn't seem to be the, um, the horror show, wasn't it? I suppose a golden generation where it just yeah, single results with like things like media and stuff that generally seems to happier come on Southgate, but, but that can change quickly, I'm sure, and we'll hope it doesn't. Mm. Um, but no, it is nice to play with passion. Speaking of player with passion, uh, we'll move on to uh, the tennis court, Rafael Nadal. Um, he's a place where he loves to show passion and just likes to win, really. His uh, French Open number 12 uh, for his 18th Grand Slam overall. Uh, quite, quite incredible. Uh, he's something like 94 and 2 now, I think, at the French Open overall. Some, yeah, two, only lost two ever, uh, and there's one the other 12. Uh, so, yeah, he's. He's got 18, uh, Roger Federer, top of the pile, and on terms of Edison, well, on 20. Uh, we'll come to you first, Halsey. Uh, Nadal, two behind, will he catch Federer? Well, I think, I think it's interesting to say this is the closest they've ever been in terms of Grand Slam, the differentials. He's never got between two before. And um, one thing that I thought was this interesting listening to say, it shows how important that Aussie Open was when Federer beat Nadal in the final because. That, um, that going back to the short amount of time, we'd be going into that level of mindset of peace. And, mm, yeah, mm. For a die-hard Federal fanboy over here, that's a truly terrifying perspective. <laughs> um, even being a mere two away is um, frightening. And Nadal, at 33 years old, and Bobby seemingly being held up, the, the immediate question, probably for both of you, is how, how many more has Rafa got in him in the French? You know, if he's on. 12 now at 33, an ageing, well, a spend force on Clay Federer and uh, an ageing Djokovic. Mm. Where if you had to stick a number on it now, what's he going to get to at Roland Garros? Basically, well, that doesn't come to me first, but I think it was, um, it's as many as he wants. <laughs> I, I don't, as long as his body holds up, um, which I suppose is, is the question, if he, if he wanted to do one tournament a year, then um, you, can't see, you can't see anyone beating him on Clay, can you? I, th- I think that's a really interesting reflection on the tournament as a whole, in the in the sense that they're the next generation of players coming through, um, and I'll, I'll probably keep Sitsipas to the side here because I think Sitsipas 
has got the uh, the kahunas really to to back himself and say, you know what, I can be great like a Djokovic, I can be great like a Federer or Nadal. Mm. Um, I think it was a really interesting watching the end of the Zverev Djokovic match um, at the quarterfinal where Zverev was almost resigned to the fact that Djokovic was this superhuman power and just almost was just lucky to share the court with him. Mm. Now, the reason why I keep six pass to the side and we'll talk about short of the match and tournament between the six of us for shortly because, oh my God, if you're looking for a ring endorsement of why you love tennis, it was right there. I'm over four and a half hours. But the next gen of players, they really do seem a little bit in awe of these guys and uh, the levels that Djokovic the dull federal elevates their games so it really makes for um, you know to take your point as at Roman Garros where Nadal does have all the all the attributes over the other two all-time greats. It does mean it's a frightening proposition that if his body holds up three, four, mm-hmm. you know, he could he could end up with more um, French open titles than Pete Sampras won Grand Slams <laughs> overall. So Pete ended up with 14 slams mm-hmm. overall. Uh, Raf was two away it's just in the French Opens alone and ten years ago this would be a guy that you'd say is you know, up for the greatest of all time and we're talking 12 years later about one player nearly eclipsing a Grand Slam record mm-hmm. on, a, on one surface it's, it's quite incredible and for somebody who is quite open about his dislike and adults bloody infuriating <laughs> to be honest <laughs> Yeah, it couldn't, couldn't agree more. Uh, same as you, Percy, we're a pair of Federal fanboys, and um, yes, yeah, it would be nice. He's just been slightly ahead in the dark, but like I say, he's getting closer and closer. I see that, once again, the two of them, probably the two greatest players ever, it's hard to argue with. They're also the two players who so have won the most um, most uh, Grand Slams after the age of 30, so I think they're both on four now, which, which is an incredible achievement. We used to kind of be hit 30, didn't win them, they're both on four since, which just carries on their record, and, and they're winning four in. I think there are a couple of other players who've done it in when it was uh, it wasn't three different surfaces mm. uh, back in the sort of sixties and earlier. Uh, so yeah, just just shows how incredible they are. But um, yeah, I, I suppose you, you both talking about how possible it is, and, and I agree. But we've seen his body break down multiple times, haven't we? So yeah, I think the spectre of that looms pretty large. Really, he does seem to come back every so often and, and perform amazing again, and then he'll. Will get a bad injury when he's playing on hard courts or on grass or something. So, but I it, think it probably his, his body probably will break in the end. And but that's the point. You know, Federer only came back for for six months a couple of years ago, didn't he? Why does Nadal need to put his body through uh, the hard court? Yeah, I think you'll see you'll go to a place where you see Rafa be more selective over the schedule, and uh, that's already happened to an extent. Mm. Um, I think next year will be a really interesting year with the Olympics. So you've got Federer chasing the only. Um, I say major the only milestone in his career he's not won an Olympic gold medal the fifth major title sorry the fifth major major. isn't it yeah well he's he's got a gold win the doubles with Stan um, going back 16 years ago uh, 12 (laughs) years ago now which is which is a frightening thought in itself Mm. but um, it's He'll be chasing that, so there's a very strong argument to say Feds won't play the French next year, or if he does play any clay, it will just be just French. And I think Rafa, I think will get more selective in his schedule. Mm. Um, but it's interesting where the clay court season is so defined um, that hard court you're essentially playing for 
you know, 10, 12 to the year, nine months of the year, and you've only got this very short, well, a relatively short window on clay, and being a shorter window on grass. So it's a bit different with feds, because feds can, you know, skip clay mm. and still be active for eight, nine months of the year. Rafa can't skip the hard courts altogether. Mm. Um, just, it just, you know, be playing for three to four months of the year. So it's, it's going to be interesting how he picks that schedule, but I think we'll certainly see a position where he puts his body in a position to peak for play, mm. um, probably not focusing on things like the, the US swing in Cincinnati and Miami, you'll probably see Rafa either not playing that or you know, playing a really reduced schedule out there. Well, come come back to your original question though, whether you know that whether that puts him amongst the greats, and I think we we took did a podcast. Um, I don't know after it must have been after Djokovic won the Aussie. Um, and we we talked about whether this probably Federer is still going to go down as the greatest tennis player, even if he is if he is eclipsed in how many majors he's he's um, the other two win, um, because Federer is being so consistent across all um, courts. Uh, throughout his career, whereas Nadal and, like you said, well, well, particularly Nadal is is heavily on French focus. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's probably a separate argument about whether who's the greatest tennis player, even if they do get eclipsed. It's go on, John. Yeah, you? no, I mean, yeah, you, you Nadal, that is, I mean, yeah, it's two thirds, of, literally two thirds of his majors are on a more tournament, aren't they? Which, which is an incredible achievement in some ways, but also slightly limited in others. I did see Dominic TM, the who's been beaten in the last two finals, as an by um, Nadal, say that he thinks Federer would have won four or five French about for Nadal. Um, so yeah, Federer would be national but then you, numbers. It was, but then you could also say uh, Nadal would have won four or five more Wimbledon uh, if it hadn't been for Federer. And then you get onto the argument about how many Djokovic um, has prevented the other two exactly. winning, and actually, yeah. you could. So it's it's a it's a lovely it's a lovely argument with no conclusion because <laughs> um, the levels that the three of them have taken men's tennis to mm. is stratospheric. It really is, and I think you only have to look at the gap of you know the Djokovic Zverev match really pulls it home for me because Djokovic, you know, at seventy percent blue you know, who is supposed to be one of the next big two contenders coming through and it just looked man against boy at times mm. um, just with no self-belief and I think the mental fortitude of those three and mm. the ability to evolve your game I remember looking at some clips a couple of weeks back between uh, Djokovic, Federer and Nadal Djokovic, sorry, Djokovic, Federer and Nadal earlier in their career and how they've evolved their games um, if you look at teams post-match um, after the final he alluded to Rafa's ability at the net you know, rather not missing a volley in seven years was the fra- phrase that um, the team came up with. But <laughs> if you look back to early Rafa, never came to the net. Yeah, rolls the mm. first serve in, dominates with the forehand and play. Now he is, you know, he's an all-court player. All play. it's, mm. it's phenomenal to see. You know, even if it pays him to say it. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you talk about Zarev and Six Bass, and that's uh, really leads a nice one to Wimbledon, really. And um, can, we, can we just briefly touch on the women's final? Go on, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm a bit of an Ash Barty fan. Um, you know, and I think it'd be remiss not to mention Conta's run to the mm. semi-final. Yeah, no, um, good point, good point. And also equally remiss not to mention her quite stratospheric bottle job <laughs> in the yeah. semi-final. It was all um, there for her, wasn't it? Oh, five three up in both sets. Um, yeah, really disappointing. You know, I know as a uh, as a as a mere tennis amateur, saying that her arm looked like it was full of lead at those points, and um, uh, a set point she had where she had a uh, you know a 
a dry body on, nearly on top of the net, which did some damage to the person in row in row three. Um, <laughs> but it, it was incredible. It was interesting to watch just the the lack of you know for Joe. It's all, all between the ears. You know, she she came out and played some of the best tennis of the tournament, and just such a shame at that stage. She, she could well never have a better opportunity to make a. Um, Grand Slam final. Yeah, yeah. that two, two semi finals. Yeah, yeah. slightly different in the sense the first one at, at Wimbledon she was she was beaten, um, you know, on the day by by you know you'd say the better player somebody that hit her off the court. This one, she not the case. Yeah, yeah, it really wasn't the case. She um, she she threw it away, and I think um, that became really prevalent in the final. Watching Ash Barty um, take her apart. Just take her apart. Just question: Do you think Conte would have would have done better against Barty in the final? Or I think it would have been a more entertaining game to watch. Um, I think um, Barty, her variety, her guile, her cunning on court. She's um, she's a hell of a she's got a hell of a um, touch and feel. You know, if you, if you look at some of the things that Andy Murray said about Ash Barty, he absolutely raves about her and has done for a number of years. And you know, she's an interesting character as well. So she took a year out of the game. Uh, two years ago to play big match cricket in uh, in Australia. Really? Yeah, she's a really interesting character and um, she's quite brisk when she speaks, but she's also got this, she's Aussie. Uh, she's got this Aussie twang where, like you know, she'll do an interview, just sign off with your beauty, and it's uh, it's quite it's quite nice. But yeah, I, I'm I, I really enjoyed that. I think it was um, nice to see a women's final and a women's grand slam that was decided with. Guile skill, you know, not just absolutely screaming, slugging out in the back of the court. It was, uh, it was good to see. And um, mm. you know, after the farce of what was the scheduling of the French, so the you know the big losers over the last two weeks certainly have been the tournament organisers and the debacle around um, the the women's finals. You know, the the two women's semi-finals not taking place on Philippe Chatrier and taking place on. Court one and two essentially in Longland, and uh, the new show court, which name escapes me, um, for a for a women's semi final. Especially seeing as you had two, uh, sorry, three debutants to um, Grand Slam semi finals, mm. was uh, was a real shame. Um, but yeah, uh, certainly certainly one of the more uh, enjoyable women's Grand Slams made the last couple of weeks of running past. As we're on the women then, um, who, who do you think's got the best chance of Wimbledon? I see Ash Barty following that win is his third favourite at seven to one. So Serena's coming favourite at five to one. Uh, how, how far down the list is Osaka? Osaka is fourth favourite at nine to okay. one. Uh, you can you, see the Japanese uh, assassin to uh, to win. Japanese assassin. Yes, That's what we're calling it now, right? Okay. <laughs> Andrew Johnson wasting his social care. Definitely uh, should be involved. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's an interesting one. I think um, I think one of the interesting things about the women's game is how open it is at the moment. And, um, Serena not being in the physical or mental shape she's been is has just led to this real um, dearth of players that you know. If I'm looking at the list here, with you, John, down from Kvitova to down to Sloane Stevens. Sloane Stevens, you're talking about somebody a multiple Grand Slam um, champion coming in at eighteen to one. And yeah, that's an interesting part, isn't it? For, uh, yeah, so so for me, um, trying to predict uh, a winner of the uh, win, 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 
I, I like I like the players that have got good games, so I do like Osaka. Of course, um, I like this player a little bit slower and you know you don't know about conditions. So I like Stevens, I like Osaka. Um, I could quite easily see Ashbarty petering out in the early rounds after thoroughly enjoying herself post um, post Wimbledon. So those would be two for me. And um, John, I wonder if you, you have any dark horses for the tournament. Gaz or John, or anyone that you think uh, will make a bit of a run there from the female side? Yeah, probably not. I saw uh, Sharapova's putting herself back in, isn't she? But I think it's probably going to be too much for her to repeat the, uh, the joys of she was 17 and she beat Serena in the summer. Um, d- well, d- this pre-drug cheat. Yeah, that was surely drug cheat. She had some dodgy meat, wasn't it? Someone was dodgy. That's Canelo, mate. That's Canelo. It's like, what's Harry's excuse? Oh, the different change changed regulations, isn't it? So it's an anti-sickness drug. Um, Mella, 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 yeah. Um, Lowry, probably looking at your names, it's probably a pretty decent selection there. Does, um, does Compton count as a dark horse? She's 18 to 1, she's um, so ish. Yeah, she's darkish, yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> darkish. The darkish horse. Uh, do, do you think she'll, uh, think she'll go one day and perhaps get to the final this time? But he, no, I think she'll you just blame that in the early rounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the British crowd, it's got to play a factor in it, hasn't it? It's always used to carry Henman. <laughs> Hence why I think she'll flame out in the early rounds. I think um, <laughs> okay. I think for Joe it's so much between the ears that she... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just being sceptical. I think uh, Emma Watson at 250 to 1. You come back and uh, more about the years of nearly beating Serena once upon a time. That's just probably your, uh, your obvious shout. Easy money there at 250. I'm not, I'm not sure she's won a set, let alone a match this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, first ever Watson to Wimbledon. Um, and then go back to the men, we were talking about the big three. Can, can we see a winner coming from outside them three? No. Uh, I'll go to you first, Gary. <laughs> You're going, yeah. I'm going to say no. Uh, and I'd like it to see it. It seems like the hatred from Nadal coming over there. I'd love to see Nadal win it now. What, um, what do you think <laughs> about his chances, Gareth? Who, who could you see What yeah, outside of... Um, Federer and Djokovic, who can see well, causing him trouble. Well, Murray's uh, targeted it as uh, something he's returning for, so it'd be great to see uh, Murray getting back, back, uh, or going deep in the competition. Uh, other than that, I think it's big ass, big ass. That I, I can't see him playing singles. I mean, he's due to play um, doubles at Queens next week um, with Luciano Lopez, and the transition to go from I, you know, I'll be amazed if he plays the singles at Wimbledon. I'd mm. love to see it. Um, but I, I'd be very surprised if he if he did. It'd be great to see him back out on court next week. Mm. Well, he, he, he said that's what he's aiming for. So you know, got to just hope that he can he can pull it off. I see uh, Stan Marinka's out at sixty six to one. Uh, I know probably Grass ain't his favourite service, but that's uh, one of the few players who probably isn't scared of the big three. Uh, mm. It's an interesting each way price, uh, depending on how his draw goes. Mm. Yes, this is quite a big. Del Potro, he's fit, could be one of the game. Well, we have a few who are who are not scared to necessarily mix it up, but they probably doesn't quite have the fitness to go with them three usually anymore. Uh, maybe one of them has to get through set two. Maybe three of them, and then the side of draw would be a struggle. Um, yeah, Zero's fourth favourite. Yeah, not interested at all. Sitsipas is 16 to one fifth favourite. He's probably interested if he gets the right draw. Um, Again, don't know if Grass, you say, Grass necessarily his favourite service and playing to his hands and 
you saying about the courts playing a bit slower? That, that, that gives Rafa a better chance, doesn't it? If they're the sign up and he's hard to hit the winner pass, it's hard to win the winner pass in the best of times if the court's slow. Mm. I, think, um, I think the draw is so important to Rafa because if you look at all of his losses at Wimbledon over the last 10 years, they're all through all guys that took the racket out of his hand, right? Yeah, so, yeah, mm. just at, and, and usually in the early rounds, right? So, so usually pre round, round three or before, guys that just went, okay, I'm just going to serve at 85% first serves and you know get a lucky game against Royal Return, Lucas Rosso, Dustin Brown, Jules yeah, Muller, um, and and you get the feeling if Rafa gets a, a kind draw and he plays players have a similar ranking to the guys that I just listed there, but who are baseline, I'm sorry, baseline grinders, um, rather than your Lucas Rossos, your serving 130 Jules Mullers, um, then it's going to make a, it'll make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a draw's big for Rafa, much less so than it is for the no-lay and for Feds. I think um, you, you're going to put anyone in front of those two and, they're going to read them up. But it'll be interesting to see Djokovic's psychology going into Wimbledon because he was it, you know, he was um, he was angry Djokovic at the French, and angry Djokovic doesn't usually translate well to, to big results. So um, he'll have to do a little bit of work to recover from his um, his uh, not meltdown, but his um, his hissy fit at the French. Mm. That technical term there, hissy fit. <laughs> Yeah, he is someone definitely who does seem to get in his own head more than anybody doesn't. He's never been quite as um, inscrutable. Uh, with his Federer and Nadal, he just seemed to be supreme and do have emotional moments in the match, but don't seem to generally don't give a lot away and, and just carry on, you know, being great players and and, and floating around. Whereas Djokovic is he's constantly seemingly fine a battle with himself over you know whether he is the greatest or not, whether he's what mood he's in, um, and you know, he's, he's, he's the sort of player who in the game will look like he's dead and buried body, and then suddenly have this surge of energy that comes from nowhere, and it's, it's incredible to watch he does that, but the flip side, like you say, of that is that he, he can sometimes get in his own head and then just not seem to, to bring the, the best performances. He, he has been um, a problem with Federer in recent finals at Wimbledon, hasn't he? Being tried two years in a row, um, so yeah, he's not really used to be yeah, probably more but I think more correct than Nadal but that depends on the draw but if he's in the right mood which you know he was he was the best player in the world a few years back and there some seemingly off the court probably gone off the boil came back and was the best player in the world again up until probably the last few months and he's still world number one I think is he after giving off the Nadal on the French so he he clearly can be and he's, he's you know terminating in terms of so hard to beat but yeah who does he start with so yeah, I'll leave me on to, to Roger Federer. I think it's uh, his time to try and get one more back <laughs> in the wing column and get, get some breathing room against Nadal. Um, a great French French Open run was, was presented by um, the Nadal, but someone hasn't played on the French for four years. That's been four years. Yeah, it's been four. It wasn't bad to get to the semi final and uh, I think he dropped one set on route to it. And he did have a chance against Rafa in the second set that he blew. Uh, he was up a break and he couldn't capitalise. But yeah, still, probably his least favourite service and he still managed to play so well at 37, which was great to see. So, uh, yeah, he, he seems to have his schedule down now. He seems to just enjoy playing and not put too much pressure on himself. Now he's kind of cheap and he could have once dream of in the game with him just now. Basically, enjoying it when he's playing free uh, on, the, on the grass court. It's, um, it's so fun to watch. And I'm sure he'll be hoping for some nice fast court so he can get some winners past Nadal. Um, but yeah, I just have to see him too playing one last time. We'll say one last time. We'll be going for 19 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't back up against uh, 2028. Yeah. 20,
yeah. Federer and Nadal. So yeah, the um, yeah probably the greatest game ever back in 2008 there final. But, uh, no, unfortunately won. Uh, yeah, that's it. Two match up against them. So yeah, probably them three in the semis with. Let's go. Come on, I'll stick with Mother and Kishab. I uh, I think Stan's going to really struggle to get back down the other way first. Um, <laughs> not his favourite service, yeah. I, I think there's going to be a few um, few of the men's top ten uh, desperately praying that Nick Kyrgios has a good week um, over the next couple of weeks because going in without some good results he's going to be unseeded um, mm. at the at the at Wimbledon and you know um, how much would you like to see a Kyrgios first? another top ten player in round one or two. Um, this is going unseeded because he he's definitely the type of player that can take the racket away from your hand. And he's beat Federer and Nadal before in the year game. Was he beat Djokovic? Yeah, he's beat Djokovic. So yeah. he's more. Yeah, um, he's down twenty eight to one. Yeah, I mean his head's all over the place and he is um, mad as a butt box frogs. But um, <laughs> I don't really like him or like talking about him. But um, the guy can play, and uh, if he shows up against a top ten, you know. If, if you had to say, do I think he would uh, more likely lose a first round on centre court or court 18, he's going to lose on court 18 every day because he loves the big stage. So I think he'll be an interesting one to, to watch. Um, one of mine and Jono's least ever favourite players, Marion Cilic. <laughs> um, no, what, what, that why is that, chaps? Why, why don't you like him? Just, just boring, isn't he? Just, just, yeah, just, 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 just sports tennis games. Just sports tennis occasions. Tennis games. Not just, just, I, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, just, just, just horrible, man. I think you might um, need to explain yeah, the context for that. Okay, we must. Um, Daniel and I, as we've said, we're a huge Federer fans, and we thought it was, it was finally time to try and see Federer in action at, uh, outside of, uh, of the UK. So we went and watched, well, we went to, uh, we arranged a lovely trip to uh, the US to watch uh, the US Open final, and we booked our plane tickets. Federer was in the semi final against one Marion Chilich with a uh, Kelvin Shakori waiting the winner, uh, and yes, Marion Chilich beat Federer in the semi-final. <laughs> so, me and Halsey travelled all the way to New York. It's uh, no small expense to watch the first, I think it was the first grand semi-final in nine years. <laughs> it didn't contain one of Federer, Djokovic, or Nadal. Uh, Marion Chilich beating Kelvin Shakori in three very bland sets. Um, <laughs> tepid, absolutely tepid. Probably wasn't really worth the money we paid. Uh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, still remember rightly. Against ever since. <laughs> Did I remember rightly to say that when you got there, you thought you'd support the Kashuri anyway, and had little Japanese uh, flags on your well, cheeks. Yeah, we, we got fully into the occasion. Some <laughs> Japanese people uh, painted some uh, yeah, lovely Japanese flags on our cheeks, and um, you know I'm doing the same this year when, uh, when I get out there and watching and uh, storm to World Cup glory. John O'Hare's first sushi. This thing was special. I spat it back out in front of us, but it's story. Um, so yeah, Chilich, I, I very much would like not to do well, but I think he will do well at Wimbledon. I can easily see him make a, a quarterfinal, and I think he's one of those that on his day he could easily go through. Nadal um, famously beat Federer a few years ago, um, just before Federer's injury issues got the better room. So yeah. An interesting one. We're looking very much looking forward to. What are we going to, Jono? We are. We're uh, we're now in Grand Basis. Days on the men's quarterfinal day, so hopefully we'll we'll just talk about we'll be playing there. Um, Yeah, if we're going for an all Australian uh, double for our uh, shouts for for our listeners down under, you get 260 to one if you want. Kyrgios and Barty. If you put five pounds on that, then we'll just lose five pounds. Yeah, okay, we'll go with the uh, we'll go with Federer and uh, uh, 
joke on to one up. That's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I go Federer probably in. I'll predict we're winning. Uh, I think it's a good position, chat. Who do you reckon, Gaz? Who, 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 if you if you've got to stick your last fiver on it, what's the double for you? Um. Well, wouldn't it be great for a, a Murray uh, counter? <laughs> what's, what's, what's the odds on that? Yeah, I'll just have a quick look for you now. Um, it'd be fairly high there, Gareth. I think uh, Conta's at 18 to 1. I think Murray was at 25 to 1. Uh, so, uh, I would do the maths, I'd be happy with that for me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fairly high, I feel. Let's have a quick look. Uh, 493 to 1. So, easy money, you want to Pretty much printing money there for Conta and then Murray. Uh, yeah, no, like, it would be nice to see Andy Murray play, to be fair, but um, it's a huge ass for yeah, mm. I think. Um, speaking of huge asks, uh, what Tom Schwartz has got a chance for uh, a glory Glorious week. We, we're still in the aftershocks of Andy Joshua getting beaten, and Andy Murray's been heavyweight champion of the world. Um, but Tyson Fury, the last of the big three, and speculated by many is, is, is the best of the big three in, there in terms of boxing. Um, is, is this now more an interesting fight, do you think? Uh, how's he now that AJ's got beat, or are you still down the line? Right, so, you always follow up so, let, so, let, so let's get this very much into perspective. The last fight now for Tony Schwartz. Um, now, one of the worst fights I've watched this year was Derek Chisora versus uh, Sarah Gashin. Now, the last person that Tony Schwartz fired for was Gashin. Right, and um, Schwartz got the win by disqualification, but that's the level of opponent we're talking about. Uh, we're, we're talking about somebody who's who doesn't really deserve today's absolute insanity as Tyson Fury. And um, it's interesting um, how they're trying to build this as, a, as an exposure fight, watching how the, the US has taken to Fury, and Fury's got this uh, this backstory around mental health struggles and Harry's come back from the brink, and I think when the first fight first got announced, um, I really didn't understand what they're doing, but looking at the press coverage over the past couple of weeks, I finally get it. A fight where, uh, in the US, he is the sole focus here, Fury, you know, there's no coverage of Schwartz, and it's the Tyson Fury show and thing going on. Uh, all the big talk shows talking about his backstory and his drone is a very marketable character and he's, um, he's cleaned up his PR image a little bit so he's a little bit less li- uh, less, less fruity shall we say than he has been in the past so I kind of get it um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Fury go out this weekend and have a bit more combative aggressive display um, which is hope, which we think we could be really in for a 12 round small fest, aren't we? But uh, what do you reckon, Jolly? Yeah, well, yeah. I was going to say, I, I probably agree, although I, I think what's helped Fury massively this week with his PR uh, um, around US is the uh, is the whole um, AJ fight. That's, uh, that's boosted up everyone to know now what, what about AJ, uh, about Fury, and um, lots of them are talking about him being, uh, or being the number one in the heavyweight division. Um, so I think. I think yes, the uh, the choice of opponent has been has been carefully picked. Uh, although if you go on ranking lists, um, <laughs> Tom Schwartz is, is high up there on the on the WBO uh, BO list, uh, which might not count for a lot, but it's certainly uh, a lot higher than uh, Brazil and, and Ruiz were on their respected lists as well. But um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think I, I read somewhere that Schwartz is uh, is, is seventh um, is ranked seventh in Germany, <laughs> which uh, which sounds bonkers. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's uh, I, th- I think it's a great opportunity for for Fury to get a few more fans over in uh, over in the US and do everything that AJ was meant to do uh, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, Tom Schwartz is seventh, and uh, number eight is uh, Francesco Pinetta, who Fury beat a couple of fights back, one before he put Wilder. So maybe Fury's just working his way through the sort of German lower top ten. Why did you have to say that name? What might be that fight? Just, <laughs> just, just thinking Fury's going on some sort of German conquering here, it seems. And yeah, um, number six is uh, Alexander Frank, who that is, and then we've got Erkin Tepper, the drug uh, chief, who David Price. So Fury's clearly got a market here in that Average Germans, but uh, well, he got his, he got yeah. his biggest win in Germany as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, the, the German killer might call him. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, perhaps move off uh, potential Nazi talk and um, <laughs> come, come back to the fight. Um, uh, yeah, it, I think you might go. He's more interested now that anything's happened because that kind of big shot as really possible has happened. And um, I don't think Fury will follow up. I think Fury will give Schwartz a bit of a lesson. We'll see. Um, in dominate for the early rounds and, and if Schwartz has gone with the chin he, he will last the trial and if he hasn't he won't um, yeah it is hard to tell with Schwartz he's, he's, he's undefeated fair play but he's, he's not for anyone within that really so it's hard to tell what he will appear um, yeah I think Fury will, will probably have uh, a shot to Deontay Wilder's ringside and they do the same thing they did mm-hmm. a good few years back now when they got in each other's faces before before Fury went off for his few years with his difficulties um, yeah, he, he seems to play with the most American crowd here, and he's generally, um, he did, uh, he was very good after him, and he after him after he went after him soon after that, didn't he, but generally um, he manages the media superbly now, he's got the, the Boar and ESPN train behind him, who are very keen, and um, yeah, want to use him all the way, he, his style is not the most entertaining, but he's very effective, and he, and he, 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 he makes up for that with his charisma and his abilities, uh, I, I think he wins, I think he gets on the mic, and um, Says it's says thank you, then yeah, let's see if, the, if he signs up for Wilder. I don't know if he does win, if he wants to fight or not, if he wants another kick because he fight. But yeah, Fury is kind of, yeah, not one doesn't seem to be cheap, not one of So now he's just he's doing it for the enjoyment, really, and he definitely does seem to enjoy flummoxing fighters and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just generally making himself, using his awkward style and his awkward size um, for his little sort of help. Um, I've had enough to do with that million heavyweight champion. Though. <laughs> not a real thing, is it? Come on, mate. All right, I get it. You think Klitschko? Well done, mate. Klitschko came out. That guy with Lewis and his dad before that too. So he's a bit of nonsense, but I enjoy him making himself out of the champion. He hasn't been beat to be fair, and that's that's not cheap. He should be champion in the WC now. He did beat Wilder for the mine. Didn't he ring magazine number one as well? He's gone to ring magazine number one without AJ now. Mm. I mean, you know, you could, you could argue ring magazine with having uh, brought by Bella Boyd a few years ago than that because. Um, Partial they once were, but, um, but no, I think um, with AJ Lewis and Fury, it is the number one really in reality. Uh, yeah, if he gets for this and we get the bigger fights that we, we dream of, we're not Andy Ruse Jr. Oh, yeah, not, not the Snickers King. Yeah, not the Snickers yeah. King, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's been enjoying himself in good freedom and he's apparently trying to take Eddie Hunt and AJ for a ride, and more power to him for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, a bit of a takes himself medicine for Hearn, uh, uh, is it? Yeah, I think it's a uh, thing is coming to your neck of the woods, old Gareth. Is there? It's looking is. like the principality yeah. is uh, is the front runner for it. And Ruiz just wants the forty million. Yeah, just a forty. Okay, we'll call it. Holds all the cards, doesn't he? Apparently. So you were telling me with AJ when he had the belts, it was AJ holding all the cards. So now Ruiz holds all the cards. He does. Thank, thank God for that rematch clause. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come to that preview when uh, when the fight happens. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, well, you know, we'll, we'll get an early preview for the uh, 2021 Lions, though, because Warren Gatlin is back for a third stint. Oh, what, what a man. Uh, what a man. Lions! He's, um, he's, won, he's won one and drawn one so far. Not, not been defeated as a Lions coach. Uh, and he, even, even better, he's ruled himself out of the England job as well. Has he fully ruled himself out? Yeah, he said, no, he said 100% not, do, not uh, doing England. So, uh, yeah, we need, to, we need to bring that money that we used to have, although we apparently were making cuts, aren't we? We're in a youth rugby at the moment. But yeah, there's, there's <laughs> definitely money in the RFU somewhere. So uh, yeah, let's, let's bring that big wedge of cash down on his head. Um, <laughs> But he's, he's proved to be a, a supreme Lions coach, hasn't he? Um, mm. Yeah, well, I was out there for the, for the last tour and he was a brilliant tour and he, he, he really seems to get the idea of the Lions. And although he plays too many Welsh players and maybe uh, we're back out <laughs> that now, he's not the national team coach. Um, yeah, very excited for South Africa. Uh, not, uh, not the most dominant team, right, but we've got a good set of players there emerging, so it should be another classic sort. But uh, South Africa in South Africa is a bit of a, a different proposition isn't it to, to rest yeah. to being out, outside of South Africa. Yeah, um, I know the, the Lions tours are past where you'd uh, you know, go and play the, the Northern Transvaals of this world and they put um, you know, a whole huge sports. Uh, that doesn't seem to happen much anymore but they're still a very tough nation of, of very tough passionate rugby players who will be coming for us and um, yeah we'll, we'll see you know, a lot of changes within a couple of years after the World Cup and who Who's around and who moves on? You can have the likes Adam and Jones, will you still be going to the Lions tour? They're going to scale back a bit. Um, well, there's a bit of an interesting thing about Adam and Jones, his contract's uh, up for, at the end, or up soon, so it's whether he uh, he wants his last payday and goes else outside of, uh, of Wales, and um, or whether he uh, yeah wants to stay in Wales and, and put himself about for the, uh, for the Lions tour. Um, it's probably more attritional in Wales, who probably wants to go. Although, I haven't said that, if he wants to go to France, it's fairly attritional in, in France, isn't it? Probably wants to go to Ireland and just sit on the beach for two years. <laughs> He's been having a link with the Premiership as well, hasn't he? Leicester, I'd love yeah. to see him our club, and now Bristol also uh, been there. So, yeah, we'll see that. Uh, yeah, we have a fair play tomorrow. We've got 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 a and one Daniel House has got a lot of time for uh, just, addicts. Just before, we, just before we come to Charlton, there's a bit of, a, a bit of breaking news on the cycling front today. Uh, Chris Froome's oh, had, a, had a big crash yeah. and uh, broken his femur and uh, several oh, his ribs. Oh, uh, yeah, so he's out of the tour. Out of the tour. Um, so yeah, hopefully that means it's uh, all set for, for Garrett to, uh, to take the win and uh, be the main GC guy for, uh, well, Ineos now, the old Sky. Anyway, sorry, just no, no, cutting with that. No, no, it's a good point. Um, it makes it all more interesting now, though. I mean, Sky can pack one more damn domestic in there, but it's probably mm. sort of came a key domestic for the last time, didn't it? So, mm. um, yeah, I think the kind of the circle through like, to the good Geraint was a supreme last year, wasn't he? But well, I'm glad you know we'll be attacking him heavily this year, and with someone without someone like Froome to protect him. It's still got, fair, so, it's got uh, a bit of uh, to come back as well, hasn't they? But, um, but yeah, but, yeah it, it does make it. Does make it probably a bit more open for uh, for someone outside of Ineos Sky to uh, to win. Yeah, interesting, interesting news. Uh, get well soon, Chris, and get on the usual uh, Team Sky juice. <laughs> speed, speed up your recovery, now, in. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised you can break a boat being that off the face of steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a jiffy but jiffy bag on his way to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, special inhaler. Um, yeah, we've got one last we'll finish then, Daniel, with uh, your Charlton uh, Athletic FC, the Mighty Addicts, uh, winning playoff final against Sunderland again. 
second time in about a year now that's happened. Um, Charlton back into the big time of the championship to face other titans like Blackburn Rovers FC. Um, what did you uh, what did you make of the, uh, the playoff final and uh, you hope your Charlton can uh, get back to championship ways? Yeah, it's great. I mean, the the way um, the way it finished was uh, spectacular. I wasn't I wasn't out when a lot of my friends were, and um, the atmosphere and, uh, was was apparently something really it's the whole. Yeah, the mental didn't even make it. Yeah, there's a um, good friend of mine said there's a, there's a website called limbs.com, which is all about ranks the uh, the um, severity of the celebration by the amount of limbs <laughs> and what they're doing, which is worth which is worth checking out. Um, Stuart Carroll, thank you for that one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it did go pretty mental. And it was a very League One way to win a playoff final. You know, uh, a tapping from six yards by a by a by a centre back. And last minute was, was phenomenal. And, uh, scored yeah, really sco- good. Scored all the goals, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, it was yeah. Uh, really interesting, really good to see Charlton back in the championship. I think so much of it depends on the ownership situation now. And you'd hope, um, it, you know, you'd hope that being the championship makes it more attractive propositions for, for somebody to come in and uh, buy the club and end, uh, you know, one of the worst chapters in, in the great club's career in the, in the Bachelet um, era. So yeah, here's hoping to, and I think a lot's going to depend on the sale of the club there, but. I think it's um, for all Charlton fans. It's uh, a moment in the last ten years, which for some jubilation, which is um, which is lovely to see. Very good. Yeah, no, well played to you, and um, yeah, let's hope you do get this. And I saw there's the links with uh, Cardiff City chairman apparently. What mean? Darling. Oh, not Vincent Tan. No, not Vincent Tan. Um, yeah, so I've got Mehmet Dahl, I don't know particularly, um, he'd have to leave Cardiff to do that, but yeah, it'd be interesting, and yeah, anyone but the car, I don't say anyone but the car, because we'll see multiple clubs. <laughs> the Venkies. The terrible owners, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the obvious, the obvious move here is for, um, you know, Newcastle to get taken over, and Mourinho come in to manage uh, Newcastle, <laughs> and Rafa go to Bladley, that's the, uh, I mean, I can't really see anything else but that happening. Yeah, well, as long as Mark Ashley doesn't take you over. Uh, would you have Kirby back? I don't even know what curb she's doing nowadays. I think I, I think he, I think he's I think he's certainly on the beach. Um, and Lee Bowyer, you know, a lot of credit's got to go to to Lee Bowyer, mm-hmm. um, a really promising young English manager who. Uh, well, when the finished that twenty years ago, Jesus yeah. Christ! Uh, Roll with uh, Jesse Woodgate's um, going to get the, the Middlesbrough job as well. So you're going to have boys done good. Bowyer and uh, Woodgate going from McDonald's together. You know when they uh, yeah. Hopefully with less police coming to afterwards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, uh, thank you very much, uh, chaps, for this week. It has all come to an end. Um, like I say, follow us on the social media app, Parter 2. Thank you for doing us this week, Kelsey. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Kelsey. Cheers, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch you next week. Yep. Cheers.